and welcome to our latest Split the Difference podcast, which explores divergence and convergence between the EU and UK regulatory regimes in the market space. My name is Catherine Pluck and I'm a senior knowledge lawyer in the financial services team here in London. And today I'm joined by Jonathan Herbst and Hannah Meekin, financial services partners also in our London office, Flortje Nagelkirke, financial services partner in our Amsterdam office, and also Anna Carrier, a senior government and regulatory affairs advisor in Brussels. Today, my colleagues will be discussing consolidated tape in the EU and the UK. And as I'm sure we'll come on to, they are just proposals at this stage. Perhaps to start with Anna, could you please explain what a consolidated tape is? Yes, Catherine, no problem. Um, so MIFID II defines a consolidated tape provider as a person authorized to provide the service of collecting trade reports for financial instruments from regulated markets, multilateral trading facilities, so MTFs, organized trading facilities, um, OTFs and APS, and consolidating them into a continuous electronic live stream, providing price and volume data for, um, um, for, for users and per financial instruments. And the idea is that the uh, consolidated tape collects market data, such as prices and volumes associated with trades in financial markets. It aims to provide a comprehensive picture of transactions in financial instruments, bringing together trades executed executed on trading venues, as well as those um, arranged uh, over the counter, so OTC. And the provider is needed to collect this market data and then disseminate it in the form of a consolidated tape in the standardized electronic data fit for um, market participants to be able to access it and use it. Thanks, Hannah. Hannah, could you please explain how this fits into the landscape of trading venues and data reporting service providers? Yes, of course. Uh, so, I mean, a CTP is one of the three data reporting service providers envisaged in MIFID II, alongside ARMS and APAs. So, ARMS are the entities that send transaction reports to the competent authority on behalf of investment firms. So, these are the T plus one reports that are related to transactions in financial instruments that are traded on trading venues, um, and the reports that cover many fields and are used by the regulators mainly for market abuse surveillance. So almost kind of like set those aside, I think, for today's purposes. It's really the APAs that are relevant here um, because the APAs make public trade reports on behalf of investment firms in relation to OTC trades that are executed in instruments that are traded on a trading venue. And they make that information public to the market as a whole. And trading venues do the same in relation to the trades that are actually executed on their systems. So between the APAs and the trading venues, all of that information about uh, instruments traded on trading venues is being made available to the markets. And this is known as transparency data because it's giving the rest of the market that information about the level of interest in particular financial instruments and the price, volume and time at which transactions are actually being executed. And it's doing that on an ongoing basis as, as close to, to real time as technically possible. However, uh, MIFID II kind of always envisaged that there would be this third category of uh, DRSP um, called the consolidated tape providers, which would collect that transparency data from both the trading venues and the APAs and make it public in, in a single source. Thanks, Hannah. Flotcher, why is a consolidated tape potentially valuable? Well, as Hannah just explained, so the market already has the data a CTP would publish, but the consolidated tape would be a single and complete source. This would mean that market participants wouldn't need to obtain it from each trading venue or APA separately. And the objective is to create an overview of the entire sort of 
capital market uh, while reducing uh, information asymmetries in the EU. So it means easy access to price and liquidity information for all market participants, both the issuers and the investors, instead of the need to connect to many different sources of data. The idea behind that is that it should also be more affordable as a result, and this is important given the perception that the MIFID requirements for trading venues to make data available on a reasonable commercial basis has not achieved the objective of lowering the cost of market data and making it more transparent. So the reason is also to make the EU capital markets more attractive, not only for domestic investors, but also for foreign investors, which in turn would increase liquidity and allow investors to better assess the broker's execution quality as well. MIFID 2 anticipated that there should be that there could be more than one uh, consolidated tape for any and all asset classes. However, there have been mixed views on how important the CT would be for different asset classes. Both Europe and the UK seem to agree that there is a more pressing need for a bond consolidated tape, given the more diverse nature of information on bond trading and issues with the data quality. However, they also say that a consolidated tape for bonds need only to focus on post-trade uh, data, given that the pre-trade data required under MIFIR is not generally not available for bonds. So there appear to be further differences in opinion on the value of a CT or a consolidated tape for equities, but that's certainly not off the table. Thanks, Fletcher. Despite MIFID 2 having come into effect more than five and a half years ago, Jonathan, why don't we have any consolidated tape providers? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, uh, thanks, Kat. I think the basic point is it's commercial. <clears throat> the realities are structure hasn't quite worked. I mean, there are a number of reasons for it. And there are probably three reasons that are very broadly core to this. In, number one, obviously, the fact that the CTP needed to get transparency data earlier than the 15 minutes so it had to pay for it basically and the commercial deal with the venues was difficult to negotiate and could be too expensive uh, secondly the fact that it would then have to give that data after the 15 minutes free of charge so that was tricky commercially and the third and i think this is significant as we'll come to in a minute <clears throat> is the extent to which you could have had competition so it wasn't just that you could sink costs and effectively have a monopolistic pricing uh, within you know the framework of the regulation but you might have co have had competition so to put the investment in perhaps didn't make sense so all in all the commercials didn't work is the simple answer to your question thanks jonathan um fletcher what has the eu done to facilitate the existence of consolidated tape providers well, it's fair to say that the EU has realized the shortcomings of the current um, rules in relation to uh, consolidated tape providers uh, relatively early on. So just quickly adding to what Jonathan just said, already in 2019, ESMA identified three main reasons why uh, a CTP for equities has emerged or hasn't emerged uh, under the under the MIFID II framework. So one was the lack of a business case and limited rewards of providing an equity CT. Uh, two was the MIFID uh, strict regulatory requirements in relation to uh, a consolidated tape. And three, the fact that a consolidated tape provider would also face competition from non-regulated entities such as data vendors. This all led the European Commission to propose in November 2019 a set of amendments to the MIFID II and MIFIR framework that would facilitate an establishment of a CTP in Europe. We discussed the content of those proposals in a bit more detail in previous editions of our podcast, but just to really quickly recap some of the key features. 
the Commission proposed that the revised regime would be based on a single CTP per asset class, the operator of which would need to be selected by ESMA in a competitive tender procedure. Uh, data contribution to the CTP would be mandatory uh, and data coverage should be real-time. Post-trade, well, in fact, data coverage was one of the most heavily debated issues in the subsequent legislative review, but that's where we are. And Anna, how far has the EU got? What still needs to be done? Yes, so thank you, Kat. Um, the, in the EU, the legislative work is nearly completed. So in June 2023, the co-legislators and the European Commission reached a trilogue agreement on the NEFU review proposal. And whilst the final text is yet to be made available, we know that the agreement foresees that there will be a single CTP operator. So as per the Commission's proposal that um, Floci has mentioned earlier, that the operator will be selected by ESMA in a competitive um, procedure for a term of five years, and that there will be a staged approach to the selection process of CTP operators. So um, in the EU, we would start with bonds, CTP, it will be followed by shares and ETFs, and then OTC derivatives. And there are also provisions addressing the um, revenue distribution for shares and ETFs. Um, the technical work will continue under the Spanish presidency, so before the final text can be put to vote in the plenary session and for adoption by the Council, and this is expected to take place later this year. And following the completion of the legislative work and publication of the final legislative text of the revised NFIR in the EU official journal, the next milestone step towards the development of the European CTP is ESMA's selection procedure. So this must be launched um, within nine months following the revised NFIR entry into application. So we could expect this um, depending obviously on the on the, on the specific timelines, um, uh, this to take place in the mid um, or Q3 of uh, 2024. So, and, and, and in between, there will also be work on the regulatory technical standards that will underpin um, this regime and all the technical details that will have to be put out there. Thanks, Anna. And what is the UK doing about a consolidated tape, Jonathan? Oh, well, thanks, Kat. It's actually remarkably similar, uh, you know, long, long lived convergence in many ways. But just to summarize where we're at, uh, a couple of years ago in 21, government already launched its consultation on this and wind forward to this year uh, the new act this in 2023 includes provisions dealing with this it basically gives the fca responsibility and power to set out the detailed requirements for CPs. Um, and i think if you then wind forward to cp 2315 they're essentially what the fca essentially is proposing is very similar it's a tender process consolidated tape provider for bonds uh, and they actually did uh, some economics work with a consultancy and that sets out the economic model. It will be very similar. It will be for a fixed period. And effectively, it's a sort of it's designed to create an incubator for the structure. Interestingly enough, the paper also does briefly discuss uh, the possibility of a, a, a CPP for equities, but that's uh, much less developed. And we can expect a framework for that in, in due course. I think the essential point is very similar to the EU. They're looking to get the bonds one up and running and see what happens. And Hannah, what are the next steps in the process for the UK? So the FCA intends to finalise the rules to establish the UK consolidated tape framework by 2024 as per the Edinburgh uh, reforms announcements. Um, and then it will prepare a request for tender to be issued during the course of next year. Um, and the rules for that tender will establish the, the main regulatory requirements for the operation of the consolidated tape, including the kind of minimum service requirements. 
um, that will ensure that anyone who goes into that process or comes out of that process will, will be able to be appointed as a CTP. So the idea is that the tender process would involve two stages, a kind of pre-bidding stage, which is used to ensure that the potential CTPs can meet those minimum requirements and be suitable to be authorised, and then a bidding stage, which would determine whether the shortlisted uh, CTPs could, could actually offer value for money. Um, so in terms of the, the timing here, the, this is a bit related to changes that the FCA also needs to make to the transparency regime for bonds. Um, and the current working assumption is that the implementation of those changes will happen in the summer of 2025. Um, and so when you take into account um, all that needs to happen on the CTP side in the sense of the tender process and then the CT chosen CTP needs to be authorised and needs to get ready for its launch, it needs to onboard um, clients and data providers, etc. Um, seems unlikely that the um, the new consolidated tape for bonds would be ready kind of much before the summer of 2025. So I think the current thinking is that maybe the two would would kind of combine and say so we have this kind of new regime in place for both consolidated tape and transparency more generally in relation to bonds um, in about the summer of 2025. But that timetable is still kind of um, open to change. Thanks, Hannah. As we discussed earlier, the purpose of amending the original consolidated tape provider frameworks is to make the rules more conductive to a commercially run consolidated tape provider. And there are a huge number of variables that have been considered by both the EU and the UK in that regard. At a high level, um, perhaps we could take it in turns to talk us through um, some of the key amendments and how they might differ or not between the EU and UK. Anna, shall we start with you? Sure, Kat, no problem. So I can start perhaps with bonds and the and the categories of bonds that are likely to be covered in the um, in the future CDP. So as we know, bond is a wide category. So um, the first question um, perhaps um, would be to what types of bonds would be covered or should be covered under the um, the CTP. So in the EU, the Nefir text that's been discussed um, and um, uh, was recently agreed in trilogues, as we just discussed, does not break down um, the categories of bonds um, for the purposes or other asset classes more than just those kind of four high level ones but um, these are currently set out in the existing uh, secondary legislation that was developed for the purpose of the current regime and uh, we can assume that at this level it would be carried over to the new one unless unless further amended later on but for the time being the the ctp um, uh, should be including in its electronic data stream the data for bonds, excluding exchange-traded commodities, so ETCs and exchange-traded notes and ETNs, but um, could include the ETCs and ETN bond types. So that's in the EU. And in the UK, the FCA proposed to include um, trade reports for all method categories of bonds, other than ETCs and ETNs. So this is not um, very different from what is currently in the EU. Thanks, Anna. Uh, so just over to me, I, I think I'll deal with the sort of position of free trade data and post-trade. I mean, I think the simple answer is in the EU, the free trade issue disclosure has been much discussed, very, very controversial. Many member states did not want any free trade requirements. It appears uh, from the um, compromise text at the moment that there will be a free trade requirement not entirely clear whether it will or won't apply to bonds, but there will be at least four equities. 
in relation, but it will be aggregated across venues. So it won't be a venue specific thing that looks like it's a sort of slightly uneasy compromise. Let's see what it actually looks like. Obviously, a little bit to play for there. On the UK side, it's simpler for the bonds um, regime, which is the one we know about. There won't be any free trade. So that's clear. We'll have to see what happens in the context of equities. Over to you, Flusha. Thanks, Jonathan. So another question is the coverage of information included in the transparency reports. Um, and on the EU level, ESMA is still to set out in the RTS the key elements of the data quality, which would include the substance and the format of the data to be submitted to the uh, CTP by the contributors and the presentation of the market data to be distributed uh, by the CTP. So that is still to come. Uh, and what I understand is that feeling in the UK is that the CT data published should cover all fields and flags that are uh, part of the post-trade transparency requirements, but not the wider regulatory data. Over to Anna. Thanks, Flotcher. Um, So you also need to know what coverage of trading venues and APAs the consolidated tape provider has to take data from. Um, and the original uh, proposition in MIFID 2 was that it should be 80% of trading venues and APAs uh, in terms of kind of coverage of, of the market. Um, and that was set out in the uh, technical standard, which hasn't changed in the EU. Um, so that appears to still be the plan um, although that could of course still change um, and I think there would be some looks like there would likely be some uh, exemptions for shares and exchange traded funds um, where you've got for example growth markets and smaller trading venues um, and there also has been a bit of discussion about including uh, systematic internalizers in relation to post-trade data. Um, on the UK side, the FCA says that the consolidated tape provider should be required to receive data from all trading venues and APAs, publishing trade reports on bonds, um, and require new trading venues and APAs to connect and send data to a CTP as soon as possible after they start their operations, um, and in any case, no later than six months afterwards. So, so that's the kind of slightly different proposal on the UK side. So another question is um, whether and data should be provided in real time or delayed. And in the EU, the, the Commission proposal and the, and the agreement, um, as, as we know it, is that the data should be um, provided as close to real time as technically possible. But this is not the end of the discussion and ESMA is, to, um, is, is mandated to clarify in technical standard what constitutes transmission of market data as close to real time as technically possible. So we'll see more discussions about that over the coming months. And um, in the UK, the proposal is that the CTP should publish um, data in real time as soon as reasonably possible after it receives this. So again, um, I think in, in practice, we may end up with something very, very similar, even though the um, language differs just, just just slightly at this stage, but um, to be to be further uh, monitored. Anna. So one of the other questions has been whether the regulator will require uh, users of data to um, consume data from a consolidated tape uh, provider. Um, the current situation in the EU is that no, that would not be the case. Um, and kind of same on the UK side, uh, because the FCA doesn't think that that's necessary to having a successful consolidated tape. Um, I think there would be some uh, potentially some differentiation of uh, different types of customers uh, taking into account their different demand characteristics and ability and willingness to pay for data. Um, and in particular, the FCA makes some proposals around uh, different types of licenses. Um, 
and the way in which that data is is charged for. Uh, Flotje, over to you. Um, and a very important question, of course, what about payment for the market data? So in the EU, uh, there will be mandatory contribution plus a revenue distribution scheme for the shares and ETFs for the purposes of covering the cost related to the mandatory contribution and of ensuring a fair level of participation of trading venues. And for bonds and OTC derivatives, we understand that there will be an obligation to re redistribute revenues fairly. Uh, but ESMA is to develop the RTS specifying the key features for the revenue distribution schemes aimed at remunerating the market data provider. So we are yet to see the final text. So um, we need to keep an eye out. Um, and in the in the UK, the proposal is that the CTP will not be required to pay for the data or have a revenue sharing model in place or contribute to the data provider's cost recovery. That said, the FCA would not prohibit a CTP choosing to reward providers if the quality of the data fed to the CTP is beyond the quality requirements. Thank you, Flotter. And many thanks to you all for sharing your insights today. Do look out for further updates on our Regulation Tomorrow blog on this and other topics. We also have our annual markets infrastructure event next month, which is in London on the 27th of September, where we will be discussing key topics in the world of trade and post-trade, and we'll be joined by Fabio Braga from the FCA. If you are interested in attending this event, please contact any of today's speakers directly and we will be happy to arrange this for you. And as always, please do get in touch with any queries or suggestions for future podcast topics. Thank you for listening.